Watson, a role-playing series about rats surviving in a mysterious sinking city. Our rats have narrowly avoided being eaten by the demon that possessed the body of young Elwood, but it's loose in Flotsam and now, with the help of Gwen and the Tappers, they plan to cross into a new area of Flotsam, the Court, to meet a contact in the Kindlers and learn what they can about demons. Episode 14 The Court and the Tower Mr Peabody leads you down into the depths below this place, again down that long ladder back down into the darkness and along some side streets I suppose it's almost like there's a network of streets down here some of which is collapsed buildings um, some of which is newly carved into the rock and he leads you to what appears to be an underground dock in a tunnel filled with water and there are two boats there you've seen one of these used before to bring Scour to Gwen's other lair and you get into a boat with him and he starts to pole it off down through a network of dark tunnels. This doesn't feel designed, this network. This feels like a whole bunch of things have all been mashed together. So there's a lot of changes at junctions. There's a lot of moments where you might have to get out of the boat and, and lift it around a corner, although a lot of those places have been evened out. You've, people have built little wooden constructions to make it easier to, to pull the boat up, that sort of thing. So it's quite an effort to do this. And in some places you go into really wide tunnels with a very low roof, like you're close to the top of an arch. In some they're really narrow tunnels and they're really tall, like you're between two buildings, something like that. There are fallen bits of masonry at weird angles. There are carved statues. There are stones of all sorts of different types. There's brickwork, there's carved marble, there's bits of rock, like cliff face. There are dank dwelling moulds and mushrooms. Um, there is every so often light filtering from above. You, there are a lot of places where people have clearly put fixed torches into the walls, uh, which aren't lit, but which mean that that might be a, a, another little wall for a place that leads to another ladder up. There's a huge network of these places. Enid, you think you're getting it, but to make your way back through this, you probably need to make quite a difficult role this is this is not straightforward and yeah he he carries on pulling the boat through that you you have places where other tunnels join this tunnel and you gradually find yourself in what feels like a, a kind of bigger canal that other tributaries feed into there's one area here where there seem to be a number of rats living as you pass mr peabody keeps the boat in the middle of this channel um, but you can see kind of like a shanty town I suppose up on the side there where you can see people moving around um, you can see dim lights you can hear muttering uh, you see as you head along there one or two rats come to the edge to watch you as you go past you can't really make them out from here you can see the glint of eyes the boat has a, a lantern on the front you also see the glint of maybe a weapon uh, from one of them a knife something like that as you go past and then deeper into the tunnels, down a, a very narrow winding path. The current, again, seems to be all over the place here. In some places it's still, in some places it's a bit more rapid. And finally you, you emerge in a small cave where there looks like to be, there's, a, there's another dock here. And this is a place you have seen before, actually. This is the cave where you very first met Scour uh, and Gwen and Mr. Peabody and all the others. Mm. He steps off the boat and moors it. So uh, just think on on the uh, on the journey, uh, Reg would uh, turn to Enid and Vern and, and Gentry and uh, say, "So, what what is our our story? I, if we want to keep this simple, I, isn't it best for our explanation to be we're foundlings we don't know what we're doing we brought embers back from where we were found and one got dropped well i mean <clears throat> i'm not sure we want to be walking into the place that looks after these embers and telling them that we took a load from a ship but we shouldn't have they might be a mighty bit pissed off about that well if we say we're brand new that's enough of an excuse isn't it you think we could plead ignorance I'm sure we could. Doesn't sound like a bad tactic, says Gentry. In my experience, if you give people enough rope, 
They're sure to hang themselves. I mean, you're an engineer, Reg. What's to say we don't want some more information about these embers first? Let them talk. I'm sure they want to show off their clever little gadgets and knowledge like most people do. I don't know. Would you not think that they'd, they'd hoard that knowledge to keep control of it? They might do, but if Reg here shows that he's got a good understanding of these things from the get-go, maybe they'll see him as valuable. Or maybe they'll see me, see me as a threat. Anyway, well, are we heading to the to the courts or to the Kindlers Guild? I'm confused. I thought the Kindlers Guild was in the smoke. Uh, that's just their workshops, says Mr Peabody. Uh, all of the guild's headquarters... Well, no, most of the guild's headquarters are up in the court. Oh, OK. And, yeah, he, he uh, ties up the boat um, and leads you out of there. Um, says Gentry, one thing, aren't our faces still on wanted posters? Huh, that's a good point. It's, it's all right, says Mr Peabody. Those posters were funded by us and uh, the contract has been withdrawn okay I think Vern just rolls his eyes you've got to understand says Mr Peabody mostly this place runs on money and mostly it's probably worth pointing out that money is fueled by ember which means that not only is that creature eating people it's eating money so a lot of very rich people will be quite upset about that also means that people are money. Enid looks very troubled by that. I suppose that's true. Do most people in this city know that it's being powered by, I assume, souls of the dead? I doubt it. I don't think that that's anything that anybody has ever said. Whether the people at the top know that, I couldn't say. How much do the tappers know? As an organisation, you know... This little ring that's going on with ember and power and money and souls. The souls part of it is just a theory by your friend here, really. Although Scour does seem to agree with him. Mm. It sounds plausible, but whether it's true, who knows. Maybe we'll find out more from the Kindlers, if they're willing to divulge. Well, I think the more they like you, dear, the more they're probably going to tell you. You don't tell little children about how politics works, do you? Hmm. This way. And he leads you up into that warehouse. If you remember, there was a warehouse here, which is where you came through in the first place. And there are um, still people working here. He does, before you head out, hand you all uh, hooded robes, not cultist type hooded robes, the sort of things that you might um, put over your head, wax things if it was raining, just to hide your faces a little. Uh, you never know, some guards might still be being eager. And leads you out into the yards. So you follow Mr Peabody and he leads you up the steps into the tunnel that is lantern side. Uh, lights everywhere uh, across the, the stillness of the, uh, the water and small boats moving around and the bustle of streets and music drifting up from place to place and down several side alleys along a street up to a higher bit of the tunnel, sort of up on the edge to the right, uh, up a, a little zigzag street. Um, he leads you to a small discreet door, knocks on it, opens it up, steps in, has a conversation with whoever's on the inside, and then ushers you inside and you find yourself in, hmm, it looks like quite an exclusive tailor's shop. Every surface is highly polished, wood or brass, um, there are mirrors, as you'd expect. There are tailor's dummies around the place, rat dummies. There are rolls of cloth. There is a small rat uh, who has lots of pins threaded behind his ears into his fur, um, has a small set of glasses, and a big pair of scissors, and is bustling around you. He is small. I mean, he comes to about three quarters up Enid. And he doesn't even speak. He just starts measuring Enid. Oh, hello. Clatters around here, taking notes on a, a, a slate with a piece of chalk. Vernal, um, for once, uh, just go a little bit quiet and sort of just walk around, just rubbing a hand just across the various fabrics, looking um, just a little lost in thought, just admiring all the different materials and looking at 
know any any sort of jackets or trousers and things that are around you don't see many actual garments here. There are a couple of things that are half-made. Uh, they are slightly military-looking, I suppose, uh, with a, with a lots of buttons and brocade on them. And, yeah, the material... Uh, there's, there's a variety. Some of it is really nice, fairly freshly woven. Some of it is odd. It's like somebody had taken a lot of different materials and patched them together to make a roll. Patchwork, I suppose but on a roll, uh, I guess reclaimed from, from other places or something like that. He works. Uh, he measures all of you and then hustles you out of the door. As this is going on, Reg just sort of sidles over to Mr Peabody and says, just a, just a thought, if, we're, if our story is that we're foundlings and we've accidentally broken an ember, why are we getting dressed up? Well, it's fairly straightforward. If you go up to the guards of the court, they'll just turn you away. We need to get you deep into the court to talk to the relevant people, and then you can tell them what's really going on. Oh, I see, I see. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. The small rat hustles you out of the building. Right, says Mr Peabody, we uh, have to go and spend a bit of time while he sorts that out for us. So I'd suggest something to eat, maybe something to drink, though not too much of it, looks at Vern. And we'll meet back here in three hours' time. Okay. Yeah, uh, I am hungry. Sounds good. Okay. So, you have the run of lantern side now. Now, to remind you what happened last time you were here, you did have better clothing than when you were last here, but it's been through quite a lot since then, in running away from things, being thrown into prison, having demons explode over you, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, you do have these capes um, as well, but again, going into a fine establishment and demanding to be served is probably not the... Uh, the tactic to take this time. I, w- I would think. I mean, you could try it again and see what happens. The, none of us have any money at this point, do we? I don't know. Enid might. Enid did at least two sessions of, of pickpocketing, I think. Um, so uh, I, th- I think we can say that she has enough for some food and drink. Thanks okay. for you, excellent. Is there uh, an establishment that looks not too over-the-top posh, but something... Yeah, I mean, it would be easier in the uh, yeah. in the yards as ever, but I'm sure you can find somewhere relatively down at heel, and you're not dressed in dead rat's clothing mm-hmm. this time, um, and you're not dressed in rags, so you yeah. head to a relatively low-key place in Lanternside and get some proper hot food that isn't cooked on a spit or something for the first time in ages, and something reasonable to drink. Keep yourselves to yourselves in a corner somewhere while you wait. Um, so it's the four of you around a table. Um, Mr Peabody is elsewhere and we'll meet you at the tailor's in three hours' time. So, let's go over what our plan is for today. Yeah, Peabody will hopefully get us through the gates, but I don't know who we're supposed to be talking to. Well, Mr Peabody had some letter, didn't he? And I think that Gwen said we should be meeting somebody first, so I'm assuming that Mr. Peabody knows who that is. Mm. Mm. No. I mean, knowing Gwen, I think it's advisable we make sure we get a read of that before we hand it over to anybody. I think that's very wise. It'd be good to know what it says about us. That's true. And I think the more you play up, Reg, the fact that you're just uh, naturally gifted at this sort of thing, the more they'll uh, take an interest. Now, I don't want to cause any sort of trouble here, but do you think this is a problem for the other embers that we've brought back. I expect so. I mean, I don't think they'll all be demons, but some of them could be, and we can't tell. And the same for the ones in the boxes, you think? I think probably the same for all of them. All the ones the Kindlers haven't checked and put their mark on. Hmm. You think the Kindlers might buy them? Maybe. We've got a fair few. I mean, finder's fee sort of thing? It'd be interesting to know what these candlers do when they find one that is a demon. We know they put their brand on ones that are safe, so what are they doing with the ones they find that aren't? My money's on locking them up in a safe place. As long as the demon's trapped in, a, in an ember, then it's not really a problem. Temporarily. Accidents happen, though. It sounds like a very large accident waiting to happen. Yeah, well, it's mm. just happened, so... Oh, once... Imagine if they had a whole room full. My instincts tell me that if you're an organization who knows what these things are, that's not a word you want getting out on the street. 
So four people turning up, uncovering their dirty dark little secret, threatening their power, you're not going to take too kindly to that. So I suggest we play this a little bit close to the chest. We can always offer them the location of the, uh, of the ship. That's true. Whatever their plans for these things, they'd want to know. Yeah, I suppose we can. I mean, we've and we've still got our own stash that we hid. So yes, I think uh, play like we're idiots, and you're a naturally gifted one. Offer them whatever we've got, and uh, take it from there. And what do we want out of this exactly? Information. Help. Maybe they know how to, how to deal with uh, an escaped demon. Maybe. Uh, also. Not to be thrown out into ruin would be quite a good thing, I think. Uh, Yeah, that would also be preferable. Wealth in some way would be good. Uh, You know, a bit of money or a a role in society or or something. Possible. But I think if we keep keep quiet, though, about um, my friend for now, until it becomes useful to us to reveal that, I think that might be the wisest course of action. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. That sounds sensible. I think it's probably best not to go in asking for rewards for accidentally unleashing a demon. You know, we've got to come out of this on top in some way, so we should be keeping an eye out for the opportunity, if if that makes sense. I'm always keeping an eye out for the opportunity, love. If we can prove ourselves useful in, like, recapturing the demon, then hopefully we will will have Mm. some sort of role here. Yes, we've got to show them something of value. So you're saying you're all happy taking a place in what is clearly a somewhat amoral society. Aren't they all? Y'all say we don't want to end up in ruin, but ruin's the only place where we were fed, gave clothes, healed my hand. I mean, Scour seems to be the most genuine person we've met, and he lives out in ruin. Well, yes, but it, it doesn't seem the most comfortable of places. Uh, and we were fed here, weren't we? And, and given a place to sleep. For a price. Well, no, they gave us that wooden token thing, and, and then we got some food, and, and actually, it, it, they, didn't they give us space to sleep in that inn? You know, it's, it's, it's not a that bad here. There are some nice people in all sorts of unexpected places, but uh, you've got to pick where you want to land. I'm not saying the outside of the apple don't taste nice, but it's clearly rotten in the core. Well, it's the only apple to pick. There's nowhere else to go. Mm. Well, then we'll pick that one for now, I suppose. You can always change our minds. Maybe there is somewhere else to go. We just don't know, do we? Mm. Huh, we just don't know enough about this place. Mm. Right, um, uh, another round? Kindly. And you sit around the table chatting and, um, time passes. And I'm assuming, unless you're going to do something weird, you will head up to the tailors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you head into the tailors. Mr. Peabody is already waiting a little impatiently outside. As soon as he sees you, he uh, summons you closer uh, immediately and, and lowers his voice. I don't have good news, I'm afraid. It's it's gone, the thing. The what? The thing. It, oh. It's just vanished somewhere into the Undercity. Oh, no. Um, it, it went through the... Ember store, like, well, like lightning, really. They've lost it somewhere. Um, I, I don't think it necessarily has to use doors, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big problem, because even if we do find out how we're going to deal with this thing, we then have to find the thing. Uh, maybe whoever you talk to will have some answers there as well. Well, we know what it, at least we know what it wants. Well, I'd be setting a guard around the Kindler's Guild for a start. Uh, but well, yeah. I mean, that's that's why we're here to warn them, isn't it? I mean, maybe it's full. You know, maybe it'll go and have a nice sleep now or something. But it's not great, and it's been asleep for a very long time. All those poor people. Yes, I thought you should know before you before you go in. Yeah. But uh, here, let's get you suited up and lead you into the tailors. And the small rat basically clambers over each of you, constructing and <laughs> finishing off last little measurements and last little snippets, and you find yourselves. Well dressed. Uh, Reg, the outfit that you're wearing isn't actually that far away from the one that Enid selected for you from the theatre. It's quite a smart, uh, almost, uh, I wouldn't wouldn't say a, a, a bellhop, but that sort of jacket in blue, you know, with big buttons down the front of it. That sort of nice, fairly heavy, okay. heavy wool coat. I like that. Vern, uh, you are given a what looks like quite a military-looking jacket. It's in red. It's got lots of buttons and braids across the front. You are also given a scabbarded sword. 
when you pull it out it looks pretty flimsy it looks more like a costume accessory if that makes sense rather than an actual useful thing but it goes with the jacket quite nicely okay and Enid you are given a longish dress uh, goes to around ankle level it has relatively fine embroidery on it look like flowers uh, on it in white on white and a fur stole that you you wear as a wrap if that Mm -hmm. makes sense uh, around your shoulders and he also scrambles up you high enough to remove the hat and hat pin and replaces it with a fascinator style hat a small top hat with a pin through it Mm, very nice quite the upgrade i take the pin out of the hat just to check that it's sturdy yeah and also hands you a necklace it, again, it looks a bit costume jewellery when you get close mm-hmm. to it, but from a distance it, it looks fine. It'll it'll look like a, a, a silver necklace with a, a gem on it and a pair of earrings, which again, uh, if you look at them too closely, they, they, they look like costume. Is there um, a mirror in um, in this tailor's shop? Yes. Okay, so I think, so once Vern's put, or had this, had this constructed on him, he'll kind of, you know, sort of pat himself down and do that thing where you sort of, you know, you tug the bottom part of a jacket to sort of straighten it out and stand upright and catch sight of himself in the mirror with this slightly militaristic outfit on and his his scabbard. And I'd like to have a memory, if that's okay. Okay, go ahead. So, seeing this, um, catching sight of himself in the mirror, Vern's vision fades out to, to black and when it comes back, we're looking from what we assume is his point of view or it's from a first person view and he's in what essentially is is a trench mud um, rain water a slight fog rolling through Um, there are other people here other people in military uniforms running around um, and just a deafening noise constant noise of explosions rifle fire um, and you just hear from a distance and then a repeating noise getting closer and closer um, a whistle three short sharp blasts of a whistle that just echoes all the way down this trench um, to this person that we're looking through and on beyond them as well Uh, and he turns to another man next to him grabs him by the arm and looks at him and you just hear (coughs) over the top eh? and he's first up the ladder out of this trench and runs headlong off um, and at that point the vision fades back and we're back inside Vern. Did he have a sabre during that? He did, yes. So so he was an officer? He was an officer, yes. Okay. Um, and this, the trait that he is pulling from that is, I guess, could, could sum it up with stoicism. Um, sort of courage under fire. Okay, and what would be the negative part of that? That he um, can go headlong into something, lead that charge, whether it's into a good thing in terms of getting something done or negative in terms of he is charging headlong into something that perhaps shouldn't be charged headlong into. So this sounds very much like Reg's death or glory. Mm, The vision was pretty similar, (laughs) in fact. Um... (laughs) I don't mind you having something similar. It would be nice to, 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 to be able to find a slightly different spin on it. So maybe we should think a bit more about the stoicism and the courage under fire thing. Yeah, it's more about his ability to take action when when under fire, as opposed to necessarily death or glory. It's more that mm. uh, he's unencumbered by fear um, if, if action needs to be taken. Could that be something to do with your effect on the people around you? Mm, yeah, it's like a, you know, a morale a buff. Uh, the group, as it were, essentially a, a won't show fear in the in the face of danger. Yeah, like a leadership uh, point of focus. Yeah, exactly. Um, so again, we have to think of a potential downside to that, to not showing fear in the face of danger, and that simply could be there are times when it is actually quite sensible to run away. Yeah, perhaps he stands his ground longer than he should. And it could be as well that it, because of that leadership angle, it encourages others to do things that perhaps they shouldn't do as well. So encourage potential followers into the same stupid action that he's doing yeah so what should we call this how about stands firm in the face of danger that works for me because that definitely has a disadvantage to it Mm. don't worry we'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) 
That's the title. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll be fine. Uh, right, uh, let me write that down. Okay. Gentry is uh, is put into, as you might expect, uh, he's quite a tall, thin rat, so uh, he is put into a jacket a bit like Vern's, but in blue. Um, he's also given a costume sword, uh, and he's given a uh, military-looking cap. Mm, well, don't we all look nice? If you'd just uh, come out here. Thank you, says Mr Peabody to the short rat. Right, um, this, he hands a folded and sealed scroll sort of letter over to Reg. This is the introduction you need. Now, the place where you're trying to get to is the Ducur Garden, all right? Ducur Garden. Ducur. And the person that you're trying to meet is called Arthur, all right? Any clues about what this person might look like so we don't have to wander about the place going, Arthur, Arthur! Well, it is a a private garden rather than a sort of big public space or anything like that, so you might need to find your way over a wall or something. And as I understand it, he will be dressed very much like these gentlemen, but probably better. Uh, Don't put too much stress on these... uh, these articles of clothing, by the way, they have been whipped up very quickly. So you know, don't mm. don't uh, don't uh, swing from ropes or anything like that. Oh, I wasn't planning to. Last time we tried that, it didn't go well. And, and I wouldn't fight with those blades. I suppose you don't know how to do it anyway. Uh, but you look the part, so uh, we should take you to the gates. Are you not expecting us to receive a warm welcome? What do you mean? Well. Pointing out that our outfits aren't up to much in terms of having a scrap and advising us not to fight with our very nice costume swords here. Why would we need to? We've got your letter. Everything will be fine, I think it's more of a comment on your tendencies, dear. To to, to start with, um, you will need to get to the gardens and you might encounter any number of people on the way there. Secondly, I have met you. (laughs) (laughs) He's got your number, love. Yes, he has. Right. And we don't know how the guild's going to react. That is also very true. So, uh, I can take you to the gate to the court. Now, you'll have to get yourselves back out. Okay. Uh, We don't have any routes into the court, as is. Uh, But once you're back here, uh, in Mantonside, and he writes down on another piece of paper three addresses, one in Lantonside, two in the yards where you can contact the tappers. Okay, that's good to know. I'll tuck that piece of paper in my shutter satchel. What, what's in this introduction then? If they ask us questions about it, it'd be good to know what what it actually says about us. I haven't read it. Um, Mistress Gwen wrote it. And sealed it. Are you proposing that you read somebody else's letter? Absolutely. If it's the difference between... Getting ourselves into a sticky situation and actually knowing what's being said about us so we can keep the story straight. This person is a contact of the tappers in the court. Oh, okay. So it's right. It's not a cover letter. It's a. It's an introduction to another tapper. Okay. Uh, an ally of the tappers, as as I understand it. I don't oh, know okay. the gentleman myself, but I believe that he will be your guide in court matters. Okay. Now, now I understand. That that makes more sense. Anything else? I need to get back, I think. <sighs> right. Well, thank you for your help, Mr Peabody. No, no. Um, let's hope that this all works out for the best. Uh, I dread to think what's going to happen if this goes on for too long. Uh, I dread to think how much more of this sort of thing there is. Uh, what if we don't hear about this, if you see what I mean? I don't think this can, this can be the first time it's happened. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe there's only one demon out there. Maybe that's a good thing if it's happened before. Maybe they've got tactics. Very true. Very true. Right, follow me. And he leads you through the streets of Lantonside, down the uh, little winding road that you've been on, and uh, deeper and deeper into the main cavern of Lantonside itself, beyond where any of you have been before, beyond where the Jubilee Theatre is, up the other side, across another big bridge, towards what turns out to be quite a wide marketplace and street on the other side of the river that leads to a big archway and that archway is fairly highly 
decorated. It has lanterns around it. Um, it has carvings along the top of it that look like some sort of military scene. Weirdly, there are horses on that and below that is a big open gateway but it looks like it could be closed rather than the the gates into the smoke is just basically an archway with a couple of guards under it this actually has iron uh, gates which can close across the front of it by the looks of it again there are a couple of guard houses and there are six guards here as opposed to the road there was only like two back at the smoke so this is clearly more important there are people coming and going through this there is a stream of of relatively well-dressed rats from lantern side heading into the court presumably about business and there are some people from the court coming back into lantern side again all relatively well dressed the guards are eyeballing everybody who goes through there is no sort of introduction that has to be done with the guards or interview or anything like that you know people are heading backwards and forwards but the guards are keeping a very close eye on things right says Mr. Peabody. You'd better get going. So, you remember what I told you? Ducur Gardens. Yeah, Arthur. Off you go, then. And, uh, <clears throat> do we expect these guards to give us any trouble on the way through? As long as you look the part, you should be fine. That's why we did this, he says, tugging at your sleeve of your costume. Fair enough. Do anything with enough confidence and you can get away with it, I suppose. Quiet confidence, dear. What, you mean I shouldn't stop and have a little chin wag? I think you should conduct yourself like you do this every day and not make any drama. Well, but then I'd miss out on all the excitement of something new. <sighs> I'll leave you to it. And Mr. Peabody disappears back down towards the rest of Lantern Side. Right then, well, uh, are you going to do the talking, Gentry? Uh, to whom? Uh, to the gate guards? I thought the point was we didn't talk to them and we just walk through. Is that not right? Well, if if anybody does talk to us, maybe you take the lead. You and Vern look look the smartest. All right, I'm not quite sure what I would say. I, I suppose I say stop asking us questions or something. Um, right, yes, okay, uh, follow me. And off he strides slightly nervously towards the gates. Now remember, everybody, chins up, full of confidence. Not too far up, though. Only tourists look up. Reg will sidle over to Vern and say, Actually, Vern, maybe, maybe you had better do the talking. Gentry doesn't look too confident. Oh, I don't know. I've, I've been pretty much told to keep my mouth shut, apparently. There's a difference between silence and subtlety. Well, let's see what I can come up with, then. Full of charm. And off you go, following Gentry through this gate. The guards give you bored looks and really don't pay attention to you as you head through. You're part of the crowd. You might feel a little deflated by that even. <laughs> that was much easier than I expected. Up a set of marble steps towards some light. There's a, a ramp down the middle of these steps, which it looks like people pull carts and things, but either side is, is cut out with proper steps. You walk up it and step blinking into, well, not the light because it's still night outside, but... It's well lit, this area. There are ember lanterns all over the place. This it looks like a uh, a biggish, uh, probably boulevard is the best description, I suppose. It's, it's cobbled in big cobbles, and it leads between a series of relatively low buildings. You are outdoors. There is still fog here, but it's lighter. And taking in the vista, this boulevard runs for maybe... 200 yards or so buildings set back are quite well appointed quite well made it looks like there are more shops and things here fairly high class and behind that is a higgledy-piggledy of rooftops and roof lines that are all sorts they are all shapes and sizes some strange angles in fact as well this place definitely isn't built on the grid or anything like that it is all on top of each other but all the buildings look relatively well maintained you can see lights throughout this part of the city behind it all you can see a big dome somewhere off to the left that, that you've seen before with some sort of statue on top possibly but you can't see it from this distance and then straight ahead of you everything disappears into a maze of alleys not in the same way as lantern side they're, they're slightly um, bigger and the, the buildings on them are three or four stories high but behind that you can see rising a big tower with a pointed top enid just stares at one of the lamps for a while yeah rich is uh, i mean rich is taking it all in with his eyes rather than 
gawping because uh, we're supposed to look like we belong but uh, he's is also thinking about each of these street lights being a person it's difficult for you to avoid stopping briefly just to sort of take in the view mm. and then you you start going along the road again realizing that this is quite a big place so uh where are you going to find these gardens what does become apparent quite rapidly as you look down some of the side alleys is that there are bridges here now it's a lot higher than lantern side so it's unlikely there's water under the bridges but there's definitely bridges rising connecting things connecting this sort of network of buildings how are we going to find decur gardens is there any i guess there's there's plenty of people coming and going isn't, isn't there ian yeah yeah it's bu- bustling i'm sure one of these uh one of these locals would uh point us in the right direction the only thing says gentry is if we're supposed to be from here then Maybe we should know where that is. So maybe it would be better, this is looking at Reg, if it's somebody who might not know. If, for example, Reg, if you were from Lanternside and running a message or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reg will will, um, wander a little way ahead of the party and uh, approach someone who looks reasonably friendly. Okay, what sort of person are you looking for? Are you looking for a a posh person or a somebody from the lantern side or a um, shop worker or what's what's the probably idea? someone who looks uh, like they're probably from lantern side or somewhere? Or they're less likely to know, but they're more likely to be friendly. So uh, I'll I'll try someone who looks like uh, basically if I'm if I'm an errand boy, then I'll look for some other form of servant. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, so you see a small rat who is carrying what looks like a parcel he has a relatively nice coat but he looks quite young uh, and he looks like he's on a mission with his parcel parcel is excellent uh, i'll just uh, sidle up to him excuse me please do you know where i can find decur gardens i'm new up here oh hello uh decur gardens i don't rightly know but there's a decur family if that helps they've got an estate up that away somewhere i think somewhere near the crown okay up by the crown Thanks very much. All right. Right, I shall return to the others. Up oh, by the crown. It's uh, it's over there. It points towards the tower. There's a Decur household. I assume it's it's their private garden. Oh, I think. Let's head in that direction then, I suppose. Vernal look at Reg, just with the, like almost a sense of fatherly <laughs> pride, and just just like <laughs> pat him on the back and say, "Nice work, Reg. Nice oh, work." Thanks. It's amazing what you can get by just asking a straight question. Right. Uh, let's go then. Gentry and strides off in that direction. I shall follow him. Vernal will follow on, but um, depending on what Enid wants to do, if he can, Vernal will stay at the back of the group so he can see them all in front of him. Yeah, Enid's kind of lost in thought at the moment, so she'll she'll just follow on when she sees the rest of the group. Okay, you follow along this boulevard. Um, as I said earlier on, it, it go, runs for about 200 yards, and actually at the end of it, the, the boulevard still continues, but you find yourselves walking across a bridge, a wide bridge that is the uh, the end of this boulevard. And just a quick look over the edge, those who are paying attention, so probably not Enid. Vern, you would see, as you look off the left-hand side of the bridge, that there is water, but it's way below you, so that there's quite precipitous cliffs to the left and right. And, and as you look along that sort of divide to the left, you see that there are a network of different little crevasses going off this one. It looks like the ground here has been quite split up and is quite deep, and like this place is constructed on almost a series of islands with quite deep crevasses between them linked by bridges and then with water way down below so it looks like the sort of thing we don't want to go jumping out of any windows unexpectedly <laughs> or anything like that <laughs> well it's a good job Vern's the one who noticed this because that's probably his kind of territory but yeah so it's a little nerve-wracking for you if you've seen over the edge now as you go across what's quite an old stone bridge and you do wonder how some of this architecture is keeping itself up because clearly at some point there has been a, a relatively major event that happened here to split all these things up and it may go some way to explaining the the higgledy-piggledy nature of some of the buildings here yeah off you go across the bridge and start heading up a hill there are lots of small, steeper streets or steps to go up to get higher and higher, more and more towards that that tower that you saw above. The houses here, they're the sort of houses that you might see in somewhere like Paris or Vienna, quite big mansion-style places or big public buildings with 
lots of windows and lots of decoration on the front, sort of columns and things, and uh, maybe three or four stories high, a lot of them. Um, those are the big ones along the edge of the boulevard. And then as, as you get into this sort of area, they're more enclaves. So you have the, the sort of outside of a building and then there's maybe a courtyard in the middle, that kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah, you're in an area which seems to be the direction that rat suggested. You're still a bit of a distance from this tower that he was roughly pointing at. Uh, you have seen all sorts of people in the streets. You have seen guards in the mm-hmm. streets. Um, the, the same sort of guards that you saw in Lantern Sun, but with different symbols on them. There are clearly different factions of guards, if you like, oh. wearing similar sort of outfits, but with different colours or different symbols um, engraved into their gear. You haven't seen anybody from the Dominion. You've seen people dressed similarly to Gentry and Vern, people in sort of military dress. You, you, I've seen quite a few people with with swords, actually. It appears to be a, a status symbol, a bit like wearing a tie, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, and you've also seen people who are clearly dressed for business, so so your, your almost standard Victorian waistcoat, tailcoat and hat, uh, people with canes, that sort of thing. Rats. Yeah. Rats are people too, Ian. Mm, Apparently so. (laughs) Streetlights are people too. (laughs) Everything's people. Everywhere. Okay, are there any uh, street names or or house names written up anywhere that. Uh, You haven't seen any, no. The assumption, presumably, that anybody who's up here knows where they're supposed to be. I would guess that might be the mm-hmm. case. Uh, as somebody pointed out when we were back down in Lantern Side, because everybody has a place and everybody knows where they are supposed to be, there's not a lot of travel. So yeah. it's, it's it's not the sort of thing where you have to teach new people because everybody knows everything because that's where they came from. Right. Okay. But I'm my my messenger boy cover seems, seems solid, so uh, I'll see if there's... Uh, somebody else who looks low status that might be friendly to talk to. Okay, uh, you could talk to somebody who is uh, polishing windows off to the left. Okay. Uh, you could talk to... Who, who definitely looks like they don't belong in, yeah. this, uh, in this area. You could talk to somebody who looks like they are in the military but, uh, but are very new to it. Um, they are wearing a coat that's too big for them and uh, a sword that's slightly too big for them and are following along with a group of other people dressed similarly. You could talk to somebody hauling a cart. Uh, I'm going to try the window cleaner first. He probably knows most of the houses. Excuse me. Yes? Uh, I'm just looking for the Decur household. Decur household? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, well, up there. You're in the wrong place. They're quite rich, that lot. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, lots of big, big buildings up there, and gestures sort of up towards the tower. Uh, I think theirs is one of the estates on the left as you head down towards the uh, the main square. Do they have a crest or something I can uh, I can spot it with? Decur, decur. I think uh, there's a crown and a heart, I think. Okay, that, that's that's really helpful. Thanks very much. All right, you are. Goes back to polishing windows. Okay. Right, uh... This this place we're trying to get into is uh, it's a one of the really rich households, and uh, from what Peabody said, uh, I don't think he's expecting us to just knock on the front door. I think maybe this Arthur is uh, part of the household. We can if we can get into the back, maybe we can uh, we can meet him in the gardens. But uh, well, you seem to be doing well with your servants. Uh, get up. There, maybe, maybe there's a a slightly less public way of getting in. Rich people tend to like to keep business and pleasure separate. Yeah, although just delivering a message is not a great cover for the uh, tradesman's entrance, is it? If we can find, let's find the mm. place and then see if there's an obvious uh, way round the back. You carry on up the hill and emerge onto another long boulevard. This is a lot higher up now. Um, you're pretty much clear of the fog, incidentally. Uh, so. Uh, it's like you see little islands as you look around the surface of the fog here. Off to the left you can see the dome uh, with its its statue of whatever it is. It looks like a, a figure of a person. It's really difficult. It's definitely person-shaped, but it's really difficult to figure out exactly what it is from here. Um, you see little peaks as bits of tall building or bits of tall islands um, with more buildings on sort of poke up 
uh, above the surface here and then dead ahead of you is a long boulevard which you're walking on at the moment to either side appear to be really big houses of the sort where you have buildings around the outside and uh, presumably gardens and other empty space sort of inside those courtyards and uh, ahead of you is the tower which is slightly tilted it looks like there has been some incident again which has knocked it sideways it is big it is it is really big uh, it's maybe maybe four to five times taller than it is wide but just as you get more towards it it really takes up the whole of that bit of sky it just feels way too weighty it just feels huge and the architecture it looks really old there's lots of dark lines running up and down it uh, there is a big uh, sort of circular construction um, at the top of it. it gets slightly wider towards the top and there's a big circular construction like a, a rose window or something uh, and then there's a, 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 a spike on the very top of the series of spikes around the side. It, it's weirdly familiar. You're sure you've seen this thing somewhere before, but you couldn't say why. And it's a weirdly familiar shape. It just looks a lot shorter than it ought to. Is the rose window sort of divided into radial z zones? Yes. Okay. That looks... There's a name on the tip of yeah, your tongue somewhere. That looks, yeah, looks there, so there, familiar. Hmm. It's massive. It's way too big. It's bigger than it should be. It just feels wrong. I've seen it before somewhere. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll tear my tear my gaze away from the from the tower and uh, look at the houses instead. Where's the? Is there a crest with a with a crown and a heart on any of these gateways? So uh, yes, you'll find the third building down on the left is set back a little bit, um, and you don't notice a, a sign on the house to start with. You notice a sign on the coach that is just driving up to the house and it has the crest of the crown with a heart with wings on the side of a heart and then a, a crown over the top of it okay uh, looks like looks like that one let's uh let's do a bit of a recce it's not as busy here mm. uh, there are one or two uh, incidentally i should point out that the coaches are are pulled by rats um they're they're standing and yep. uh not on all fours but um, they're sort of pushing along at bars uh, a bit like an advanced form of sedan chair but with wheels horses are people too Ian <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in fact all, all of the carts and things you've seen are, are hauled by, by rat power um, yeah. anyway um, so there are a few of those around there are a few groups of people uh, walking around the place some are servants some are um, clearly upper class out for a walk um, but it's nothing like as bustling as it was further down the hill um, there are also more guards up here the ones that you have seen up here aren't dressed in the same sort of gear as you saw down in Lanternside the ones that are up here um, seem to be dressed in something much fancier uh, and amongst other things they have ridiculous trousers like really ridiculous trousers puffy trousers with stripes on um, uh, and and breastplates and uh, and and uh, big uh, spears. Okay. Um, and you've you've seen them in in groups of two or three, patrolling around the place. Right. Right. Well, there must be some sort of there must be some sort of alley that leads around the back where they park the. Um, uh, there is definitely a gap between this estate and the the, the next yeah. estate. Um, they've they, they've got to put their uh, um, carriage somewhere. Shall we? Uh, just like wander up and down a bit until the uh, they get out of the carriages. Yes, I suppose so. I mean, <sighs> the trouble with a crest on a carriage is that you can never tell if it's somebody arriving from a different house or if it belongs at this house. We might have to do a bit of detective work. Let's uh, wait and see what happens. I, I know this might be too silly, but you could just go and ask. I suppose we could do. <laughs> Enid immediately just looks at Reg. <laughs> Okay. Gentry is also looking at Reg. Oh. Vern looks at Reg. Reg will go up to one of the rats. <laughs> one of the rats <laughs> pulling the carriage. Uh, and uh, say, excuse me, is, is this the decur household? Yeah. Oh, you, um, I've, I've got a, um, a message for an Arthur. Ah, uh, well, you want to go up there to the gate? Okay. Is he is he pointing at the uh, at the gate? He's, he's nodding at the main gate. Right, okay. Okay, I'll go, I'll go back to the group. He, he suggests we should just go up the door. Should we uh, march in or...? Well, they did say meet him in the garden. Yeah, that's why I thought that just marching up the front door would be would be bad. I, I think I agree. Yes. 
He mentioned something about hopping a wall exactly, or something. Exactly, that's why I wanted to sneak, sneak a look around the back. I'd rather wait until there's nobody watching us. Good plan. I mean, this, this may sound slightly odd coming from me, but I'd urge patience. Maybe let's have a little reconnoiter, see what happens with these carriages, whether they stay or go, and find a, a suitable time for our little protege Reg here to go and have a look around the property. Why use one word when 50 will do? I like a yarn, Enid. Right, so you are going to hang around on this street corner and look shifty? Or, or what's the plan? Look, I'm clear, obviously I'm with you. Um, why don't you have a bit of a um, chat and I'll look impatient and then it'll look like we're actually doing something here rather than just standing, watching. Is, is there anything nearby, Ian, in terms of <clears throat> uh, buildings around that have a, have a view of this house, like a small cafe or a shop front or something else? Uh, this boulevard looks like it's pretty much exclusive to large estates. You'd imagine that's mm. to do with the, the uh, nearness to the tower up ahead of you. What there okay. are are one or two points in the centre of this boulevard where there are very small strips of grass and there are benches around those and there are things like statues. So like a, a very thin strip of park almost down the middle of this boulevard um, that it seems is where people meet and people talk. You could go over and sit next to a statue or something and keep an eye on the house. Okay. Well, Ridge, why don't you stay here? looking impatient and we can go play the uh, people relaxing in the park game but we'll keep you in our sights ah uh, okay well it's probably better if i hang around near you and this like um sorry i i just want to check says gentry what are we waiting for federal lowe's voice the guy pulling the carriage suggested just marching up to the front door but peabody suggested we might have to sneak our way in so if we're going to sneak our way in i don't want to uh, do it after I've just been directed to the front door by someone who's watching. Ah, right, okay, so you just want to hang around for a bit and then sneak in. Yeah, basically, when the when there isn't a carriage outside that... Ah, right, okay, no, that makes more sense. I, I, I was just sort of... I, yeah, I wasn't sure what, what we were trying to do. All right, yep, fine. But I understand, Gentry, I mean, stealth hasn't exactly been our forte up to now. Yes, well, I'll reserve judgment as to whether it is our forte until, um, you know, a, a couple of hours from now, and I'm sure it'll all be clear by then. Your confidence is inspiring, as always, Gentry. Oh, dear. Time passes. After a while, uh, a couple of figures uh, who look pretty well-dressed come out of the main house and get into the carriage, and the carriage sets off heading up the boulevard. Well, that's good. If the knobs are out, then uh, that makes it a bit easier to, to get in. Right, then. I don't think anybody uh, leaves these places entirely unattended. People with money have got people to do their things for them. Yeah. We can't trust everybody who looks like you. No, no, fair point. Is there a, a side alley that, that we could just wander down? There is definitely a gap between this estate and the estate next to it. Okay. Uh, on the, the left-hand side of the estate here. You could try going down that and see what you can see. Yep. Okay. Are you all going, or just Reg? <sighs> I... I... I think just Reg oh, rather than yeah. all. Oh, come on. Four people wandering down an alley looks suspicious. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> but okay. I might, if, there's, if I've got to get over a wall, then I might need a hand. I'm not the tallest. Well, you see, the beauty is, Reg, you can always come back and tell us. All right. This is complicated stuff, says Gentry. <laughs> I mean, this is the closest I think we've ever come to resembling something like a plan. Fine, I'll go and wander in and out of the alley. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we see... Like, what's the, what length of the alleyway could we see? Like, could we see if Reg could just wave to us if he, um, <laughs> if he sees um, something rather than having to come back out? So the trouble is that it's dark um, and at the, mm. the end of the alley isn't lit. So uh, the further he gets down it, the, the harder it will be to see. It's taking every ounce of self-restraint not to just suggest that Reg goes, <laughs> if he needs us to come down the alley. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't. I okay. refuse. It's the only bird in the city <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Uh, off goes Reg. The rest of you sit under some lanterns at the edge of this park here next to these statues uh, and try not to stare at the alley constantly. Reg will be muttering something <clears throat> about pretend knobs under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> off, 
off he goes. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, cobbled again. Either side is a relatively high wall. It looks like uh, from the tracks and things here that wheeled carts might be brought down here fairly regularly. And you're not too surprised when you get a bit further down to see that there is a side gate here that to you very much looks like uh, a tradesman's entrance. It's wide enough for carts to go into a, a main compound here. Um, there are various refuse stacked out in the street by the edge of the entrance. So, yeah, this is not very surprising. At the far end of this alley, uh, you see some metal railings, quite tall metal railings that basically cut off the end of the alley. Uh, and when you get a bit close to them, you realise why. It's because it opens up into a massive drop down below. OK. So off to the right, above the compound uh, wall, which is it's quite high to you. It's probably 10 feet tall. Uh, you can see uh, a bit of greenery. You can see some, some treetops, okay. which I think might be the first ones you've seen oh. in Flotsam. That's a good point. Mm. OK, uh, so the tradesman's entrance, does that, that looks like that presumably goes into more of a coach yard than the garden. You would think so, yeah. It's a, it's a double-doored arch, mm -hmm. and next to it is a smaller rat-sized door. Um, so it looks like the rat-sized door is used for people just coming and going, servants coming and going, presumably, and then the double door gets opened up for a car. Yeah, and presumably there will be uh, somebody to receive tradesmen. So Probably. The, the, the doors are closed, yeah, it's hard exactly. to Exactly, so I'm, I'm thinking that the... The wall is probably a better bet, as people suggested, but 10 feet is more than I can manage. OK, I'll wander back towards the end of the alley and uh, try and catch the attention of the others. OK, uh, are you doing it like that? Are you wandering to the end of the alley and kind of waving? Yeah. Or are you actually walking to them? Uh, I think I think Enid would have been yeah. subtly keeping an eye out, just letting her gaze yeah. drift. OK, sure. When I say catch their attention, I don't mean sort of like go back out into the main road and jump up and down. I mean just sort of go into the, the lit part of the alley uh, and, and just... Back. And look suspicious. Yes, understood. Yeah. <laughs> Burns relaxing and just hears... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Enid would catch sight of him and uh, just give Vern a little nod. Okay, and are the three of you going over to join him? I think she'd she'd probably very gently kind of hold out an arm to be helped up. I think Vern would oblige, help Enid up, uh, but then probably just say, um, "Okay, wait here a moment," and just sort of trundle across the road to um, speak to Reg. Enid would just sigh and sit back down again. He <laughs> doesn't take a hint. Off Vern goes to talk to Reg in an alley. I would like, I don't mind who does it, but decide oh, amongst no. yourselves, I would like somebody to make a general effectiveness roll on the bunch of you not looking massively shifty. Um, I'm not rolling because my dice rolls are always terrible. This isn't the climbing the wall bit. This is just the hanging around outside an estate, keeping an eye on it, yeah. going backwards and forwards to the alley, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So I've had some good rolls today, so I think Jay should break oh, his no. bad luck streak. Okay. okay, so this is a uh, relatively easy, um, but you never know what might go wrong. Um, <laughs> you need four or above. We soon will. Four or above to not have questions asked about you and maybe a guard taking an interest. This isn't a Vern role, is it? This is just a this general role. This is a group, group role, but okay, if anybody good. believes that there is a... Oh, wait. Oh, was the No, I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't no. have said that. I'll take it back. <laughs> However, I believe we've had this before, and I believe that's balanced by Enid's part of the scenery, actually. Mm. Uh, yes. Um, but are there any other traits that you think need to come into play here? I've got nothing. None of mine, I don't think. All right. So four, four or above. Eight. Natural eight. Natural eight. <laughs> Suppose that any of the other eight possibly have rolled with a single die. Okay, Reg. What'd you find? Well, a tradesman's entrance and a ten-foot wall that I can't get over on my own. Anybody um else down there? Any windows overlooking? not noticed any windows. There's a railing at the end and a sheer drop. I saw some of those on the way in. I don't know what the hell is up with the architecture of this place. It's crazy, isn't it? it looks like a whole hodgepodge of things just stuffed together. Yeah, some of it looks weirdly familiar. Oh? Yeah, the, the, the tower. I presume that's the Kindler's Tower. I've mm. seen it before somewhere. Well, if everything goes to plan, you might get a closer look at it shortly. Yeah. I thought the plan was we were going to sneak into the garden to meet Arthur. 
Well, <clears throat> sounds like we need to have a little look over this wall and see if it's there. I'll go get the others. Okay. And Vernal trundle off to get the others. Okay, and managing somehow to not look particularly suspicious, uh, <laughs> you one by one find yourselves down the alley with Reg, um, keeping out now of the light a bit, so about halfway down the alley. Right, so we should have bought a ladder. We don't need a ladder. We've got a Vern. Well, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, so my immediate question is, how tall are each of the group? And we've got to hit, what, 10 feet is this wall? <laughs> Form a human pyramid. <laughs> it's rat three pyramid. rats in a big coat. Uh, now, the 10 feet that I'm saying, when I use feet measured, I mean it appears to you to be 10 feet, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay, that's not so bad. Each of you as rats is, let's roughly say... Uh, between five and six feet. Oh, that's fine then. Okay. okay so so I, I look at, at Reg and go, give us a boost. Okay. I'll uh, put my back against the wall. And, Does this work for rats? <laughs> Let's find out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I motion to, to Vern that I'm going to basically scramble up him. Like, I'd, I'd recommend facing the wall. Yeah, okay, I'll try that. Oh, sorry, that was to... To Vern. Oh, okay. So you're asking so Reg, Vern for Reg the boost. is giving me a boost to get up onto Vern's shoulder. Oh, right. Oh, okay. right. Okay. Oh, God. You're climbing Reg to climb on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Now, Vern will... Vern knows to shut up now. He's just going to dutifully... <laughs> he's just going to dutifully sort of turn and... Bra like, he'll brace himself against the wall, um, ready for Enid's weight. <laughs> okay. Well, Enid isn't that heavy, actually. Uh, and uh, I've, I've said before, I'm sure, that climbing is actually easier now for you. Mm -hmm. You've all discovered. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so yes, um, Enid scrambles up and onto Vern and starts to. I guess you're sort of scrambling up the edge of the wall to see what's over the top. Yeah, so I just want to peek. You want to peek? I want to. Okay. Yeah, I want to have a peek first. Okay. Um, I would still like an effectiveness roll on this one because mm -hmm. you never know when you might all fall down amongst the bins or something like that. <laughs> so it's fairly easy though. So I think uh, uh, a difficulty four again on this. Are you rolling for this? I don't know. Am I? You've good. has Chris rolled yet? I'm trying to figure out who might have a no, good role no, this, in the this, statistically. This feels like you need for me. Oh damn it! Okay, five. Okay, great. Um, so you put your paws, claws on top of the wall and just peek over the top. And yes, there are trees there. Um, you can see uh, a. a big nice house um, in the middle of the place there are some windows that are the same level as you um, so um, running around on top of the wall might be a bit dodgy um, most of them are dark at the moment though you can see a garden at the back here it looks very nicely laid out there is clearly a fountain in it there is clearly some sort of pond in it there are flower beds there are trees there is cultivated lawn it's not that big and, and plants go up the walls there are outbuildings off to the right here not far away from the tradesman's entrance there's cobblestones there are only two lanterns out here in the garden uh, two ember lanterns and then there's light coming out from the back of the house is there an area of the wall that is that has got a tree in front of it or something that would shield view from the house yes absolutely there is the thing is as, as Reg will explain very quickly, if you don't figure it out yourself, that if you go left along this wall, you get to the corner of the garden, and below you is a massive drop. So the the, shield, the tree ah. that will shield you is if you're walking along a wall which is several hundred feet of a fall instead of ten feet for a fall. Well, in that case, I don't want to do that. I'll, so it's, are there people that would see me if I jumped over the wall right now? Um, you're not sure. You could roll me a dice to try and see if you can see anyone. Okay. The difficulty to be certain that everything is fine and in the clear is a seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, I do have my part of the scenery, my stealth. Would that help at all in this? Not to check whether whether the place is clear of people who might see. Okay. Okay. That's Come on, Dad. <laughs> no, that's the one. <laughs> okay, uh, it looks perfectly clear to you. It doesn't look like there's anybody about. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Oh no! Start shouting, Arthur. <laughs> uh, I pop my head down. Um, 
Is anyone going to need a hand up or can I just pop over? Uh, I might need a little bit of help. My side is still sore. Well, I tell you what, why don't I play the stupid old lady card just in case somebody spots me? If it's all's well, I'll give you a whistle, all right? Okay. C can rats so whistle? Sounds fun to me. Um, shouldn't you take the, the, the letter thing in, in case I'll pass of the trouble? All right. I'll pass the letter up to right. Enid. All right. I'll stuff it down the front of my dress. <laughs> okay. Or, no, I'll stick it under my fascinator, actually, if it fits. Will it fit? Uh, if you could pin it in place, I suppose. Yeah. Right. Under the fascinator it yeah. goes, and over the top uh, you go. Yes. All right. Uh, so you're dropping down into the garden, and mm -hmm. you are attempting to be stealthy and not to be seen. Well, yes. um, given the contents of that roll, uh, you, you, you drop to the floor. Um, uh, you drop to the uh, actually a piece of grass uh, down below in the shadow of a tree, and uh, that looks absolutely fine. Um, you're looking at the back of the house. You can see there are some windows, but there don't appear to be anybody looking through those windows in the light there. Uh, you can see that the, it does look to be um, somebody uh, in the shadow of the door to your right, the tradesman's door there. You can just see a, a, a door open, and you can see somebody possibly... Uh, washing dishes or pans or, or something but doing some sort of menial activity through the door so that if the tradesman's entrance got got knocked on they would clearly be the person who would hear it and go and answer mm -hmm. but yeah it looks fine so you sneak a couple of steps away towards the fountain and as you do so somebody clears their throat behind you <clears throat> end of episode Please do join us for the next episode in which our rats must take on an escort duty and Reg is given a new job. Flotsam is a game by me, Ian Thomas. Our players are Amelia Tyler, Chris Payne and Jay Britton. Editing was by Ian. Sound effects were by Ian with help from the lovely people at Freesound and the music was composed by Ian. You can find out more about us and about the game at the website flotsam.city.